<clears throat> Hello everyone, this is Dovi Shapiro, and today I will be interviewing Rabbi Elazar Green, Shliach to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and Franklin and Marshall College on the topic of fundraising. I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more Hatzlach and their Shluchas. My pleasure. I just want to begin with thanking our sponsors. I would like to thank Tzvatman Jewelers and the Smetana Group. Thank you for making the Shluchim podcast available to all Shluchim. So let's get right to it. I love that you are a campus Shliach, in addition to being the only Shliach in your city. And we all know the challenges of being a campus Shliach and fundraising. And yet, you manage to sustain your budget. And uh, I would like to talk to you about your fundraising strategies and see how we can help other shluchim as well. Let me begin with this question. Yeah. Fundraising can take up so much of our time, and it needs to take up a lot of our time. But if we don't focus in the right areas of fundraising, we could be wasting precious time. Where do you find it's important to put the most emphasis when it comes to fundraising? That's, that's a great question, Dovi. So, so in general, um, there's, there are studies done and various versions of the same study that when it comes to um, nonprofit organizations in the United States, there is a formula where they say 80% of your budget is covered by 20% of your donors. So in other words, most of your budget is coming from very few people. Now, the, the studies have changed in the last few years. I've seen a study that said 90-10, and I've, I've seen a few months ago a study that said 97% is covered by 3%. Um, regardless of the number, how much the number is, it doesn't matter. The point is that most of your organization, most of your Chabad house, if it follows the formula of other nonprofit organizations in the United States, is going to be funded by a few people. So in, in my opinion, the, it makes most sense to focus your fundraising efforts, most of your fundraising efforts, on those few people or trying to find those few people who will be funding most of your Chabad house activities. How does the Shliach do that practically? What does that mean? Meaning you're not focusing on anybody else? You're just, all your time is going there? Uh, not all your time, but but uh, majority of your fundraising time. Obviously, at Shluchim, we do so many different things in so many different areas, and fundraising is one of the areas that we cover. If you're going to fundraise efficiently in the, in, the, in the smallest amount of time as possible, you need to focus on the people who are going to be able to, to support you substantially. And and what does it mean practically? Um, I have a philosophy that all of the fundraising that we do, all of it, um, has to be with a higher purpose. Not just higher baruchnis, but also higher mean, means another level. In other words, when you do a, a mailing campaign or you do a charity campaign or you do any kind of raffle or any kind of campaign, you're, you're not just, the point of the campaign is not just to generate revenue for that particular purpose you know we have a high holiday campaign i made thousands of dollars in mailings or whatever or 300 dollars, depending on what you get it doesn't matter or it doesn't matter as much because the, mo- the most important part of that whole campaign is not the amount of money that comes in then but in seeing if there's other donors out there or if there are donors out there who are interested in perhaps supporting you on a, a deeper and higher level i see the whole in a way it's a whole other way of looking at these campaigns that you're saying that when someone sends in a $100 check and they never sent in the check, and th- in this campaign they did, this potentially could be a person who could be a major donor, and, na- and you wouldn't have known. Now that you know, there's something that you have to do. 
Right, and, and I would I would go so far as to say that that's the main part. It's the ikker. It's not the tuffle. It's the ikker of the campaign. It's the ikker of all the campaigns. You're, you're, you, the, the approach to fundraising needs to be one of the comprehensive approach. Your whole year annual fundraising activities, all of it is to, the, the, it's mainly to see if there's people who can support you on a higher level. So let's talk about that. How do you bring someone up from a $100 donation or maybe it's, even, maybe it's a $1,000 donation to a $5,000 donation and, and from a 5000 to a 10000 is that something that you constantly do? And how do you even bring them up? So I don't think – the answer to that question is, is um, you become friends with them. That's the answer to the question. You would develop a relationship with them and you get to know them and they get to know you. And people support people who they like and organizations and causes that they that they identify with. So if someone is giving you, if someone has never gave you a hundred dollars before. You never met them before, and all of a sudden they give you a hundred dollars from a mailing you did, or a charity campaign, or a raffle, or whatever it is. All of a sudden they gave you. It's not a hundred percent because, like I said, not everyone's like this. But you have to look out for it. So so it could be that this person that likes your cause already, enough to give you a hundred dollars to someone who he's never met, and if you got to know him, he'd give you more. Based on his yechelis, now if if it could be his yechelis is just a hundred dollars, and if it is, that's fine. He's doing what his shtadlus. But but if it's if it's not, if it's a lot more, then then you need to uh, ask him for it and be there for him or her. Can you give some practical examples of someone that may not be so involved in your kabbalas? Meaning they don't come to your programs all the time, and they're not always around to invite them for 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 Friday night Shabbos dinner. And maybe they only came to Lancaster one time, okay? How, how do you develop a friendship with them, a relationship with them, so that later on they will give more if they have the potential? So the best way to do that is if they're not there, you, you, you call them on the phone. And I can't tell you how many shluchim are so scared of calling people on the phone. Call them on the phone and tell them, I was thinking about you or for whatever reason, activity or program you're working on, and uh, and you know, and I just wanted to call and say hi, and maybe share the, the, some a Torah thought, sixty-second Torah thought. I call them, and if you do that every three or four weeks, maybe every six weeks, depending on the person. Obviously, we're talking about people here, so there's no set formula. Not everyone is the same way. Not everyone has the same personality. So, so you're going to have to adjust according to your personality and according to the Balabas's personality. But whatever it is, you, you reach out, you develop a relationship, either phone, not either, and phone and email and text and Facebook and whatever it is, and, and however you can. And eventually, things will, things will, will happen. So, that, so that, is, that is just keeping in touch with them and keeping the, the, you know, growing the, the relationship. Is there, at what point, I know, and again, obviously not everyone in every situation is exactly the same, but usually how does it work? At what point do you start asking them for, for a donation or increasing a donation, or does that just happen? Well, both ways. First of all, you, you, you can definitely ask for it. Once you're friends with somebody, you can ask them for anything. My point is when you're friends with somebody and you get to know them and it's fine, it doesn't matter. You can, you, you're, you're easy to ask, and they'll tell you honestly if they can or not. And if they can't, it's not, it doesn't mean they don't like you or, or, or they're against you or whatever it is. It just means that they physically can't, and that's, that's okay too. But, but the point is that when you do have a relationship with somebody and you, do, and you are friends with them and you do call them all the time and you share with them, 
it's not just the one-way conversation. You're not just blah, 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 and you hang up, but you, you hear about them, and you hear about what's going on in their life, and you share what's going on in your life. When they hear what's going on in your life, and I'm sure a lot of it is going to be, some of it will be some challenges and, and fundraising, whatever it is, sometimes they give by themselves, and sometimes if you ask, they, they, they can give more. I hate giving examples because the examples are what I call miracle stories. Because everyone has these miracle stories, or a lot of people wish they had a miracle story, of, you know, I asked about a bus and whatever, and they gave me $50,000 and it was wonderful. You know, that, that doesn't happen regularly. That's not something that you can duplicate. Um, a formula, a system of fundraising that you can duplicate is you identify people who are able to give, both in their, in their ratzen as well as their chaylis physically, and you get close to them however you can. And if you're able to do one and two, then getting money is the easy part. Hello, do you keep track of your conversations with people? When you talk to someone, do you actually record it somewhere so that you remember some of the things you talked about? Because it, it, it's probably important to remember the things you talked to them the last time, or do you, do you just remember? Well, don't forget, we're not talking about a lot of people here. We're talking about a handful of people at a time while you're working through the, uh, your system of, of identifying people who are able to, to give. So you don't... I, the only thing I do mark down on the calendar, and it reminds me every couple of weeks, who I'm supposed to be talking to today. And and I call them, and I just schmooze. At the end, you either ask them for it or not. I like to I'd like to ask people for an annual gift. It's what I like to do. So so, and an annual gift, I'd ask them for, I'd ask them probably every ten months, for, I don't know, for, I start at five thousand dollars, and and. Um, yeah, every every time in between that, I talk about the parsha, talk about Israel, talk about Lancaster, talk about where they are, or or last time they were here, and talk about Amish. There's, there's things to talk about, and I, I think that's that's the way to go. Is this something that you've done from day one, meaning where you totally put your focus on um, larger potential donors, and not at all um, the smaller donations? So the answer to your question is, I did it by accident. I didn't do it on purpose. I did it. Originally, I originally started doing it that way, but it was a it was a pure accident. When I moved here on Shluchus, I had a job and a part-time job in yeshiva nearby, so I wasn't I wasn't doing a lot of activities when you first go on Shluchus either. So I didn't need a lot of money. So the only the main thing I did was I sat and I and I and I studied with people and I learned with people and I developed a relationship with people. And after two years, um, my biggest gear, I, I you know. After the third time I showed up, I started learning with him a monthly lunch and lunch. So after the third time I showed up, he asked, he offered me to pay for lunch, and I told him, you know, put it away. Lunch is on me. There will be a time I'm going to ask you for a lot of money, and just save it up before that time. So he said, good enough, fair enough. And two years later, I asked him for for some money, and he gave me that. And two years later, I, I asked him the year after he, he he gave me the same amount. Two years after, he, I asked him for double, and he gave me that. Then he asked him for double that, and he gave me that. And then he asked him for a little bit more, and he gave me that. And he said, "Don't ask me for any more." So since that year, he's given me that amount from 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 then on. And again, I'm 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 on purpose not saying amounts because I, it's it's this this is one story, and I don't know if this one story will be duplicated. I think the system can be duplicated anywhere. But but will that will it work out exactly the same way? It's probably not. Do you do you find it necessary when you're asking 
someone for the first time for a, a much larger donation, um, do you find that you need to sit down with them with with a budget and a, and a whole diagram that you that you do and uh, explaining your programs and where the money is going? I think it's always best to come with a budget and come with that presentation, even if you don't open it. Having it in your hands, making it up yourself, looking at it and reviewing it will give you a tremendous amount of confidence. And for a lot of people that you're asking, having that will give them a lot of confidence in you and your organization, that you are organized, you know where your finances are going, and you know, and you know what your needs are. Do you, do you believe that every person that we come in contact with um, is someone that we could at some point give them an opportunity to support our Chabad House? I think it's very important not to underestimate anybody. I think it's very important to be on the lookout for all the time that we can do. So just like there's, there's, there's a, whenever you meet a, a person in your community who's bar mitzvah and the guy, you think you look for opportunities to put tefillin on him in a way that, that, that is comfortable for him, that you'd like to do it again and as often as you can ask him. The same thing that comes to Mr. Stucker. I think it's important to to not underestimate the people we come, into, uh, come in contact with. In addition to that, it's important, I believe, um, very strongly in Hashkach HaPratis. You know, if 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 I if wanted me to meet this person, there must be a reason for it, either for him or for me. And I told you I don't tell you miracle stories, but I'll tell you a very short one. I had, I had a class at the JCC. I advertised, I sent out, it was one of my JLI classes, I sent out postcards and made phone calls and emails. Two people showed up. And of the two people who showed up, one was a regular person who would come to anything I would do. The other person was, was Christian. So I'm like, okay, well, why am I here? What did I do this for? So at the end of the class, I thought to myself, you know, I probably, you know, either I'm here for, for, for I'm definitely here for, for the, obviously for the person who was, who was in the community, who's Jewish, and he comes to everything else I do, and she'd come to anything I do. But this other woman, this Christian lady, why did she show up? Why did Akash Baruch Hu send her to me right here, right now? So at the end of the, at the, end of the course, I, 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 asked, I asked her if she would be open for a meeting about a building campaign that I'm starting. She was very open to it. And at the end of the presentation, she pledged $25,000. That is a miracle story. So, so before but I... But it is a way of looking I'm, at it. That is, that is pretty amazing, a, a way of looking at it. Right, but before I had this attitude, I would have said, "Okay, she's a, she's a Christian lady. Not there's really no follow through for me. For for you know, I, I'm not gonna. It's not my business to convert people. It's not my business to you know what I mean. But I, I thought that there might be another reason, and she sponsored a room in the Chabad house. So, so could you, the give me an example of how you brought it up. I mean, practically, what did, like what what did you even say that you were able to bring up this this the conversation? Well, after, and this is one of the reasons why I love JLI, is that you get to know somebody. So after six classes at the end, she knew who I was, and, she, and, and I knew who she was. So I said, Eleanor, I want to talk to you about something that's very important. Do you have a moment? And she said, sure. I said, I, I am doing a building campaign. I'd love your help with it. Would you be open for it to sit down for a 15-minute presentation? She said, absolutely. You want to do it now, or do you want to do it? In the, so let's make an appointment. So we made an appointment to meet and we met and went through the presentation. It took 15 minutes, and she she went straight to it. Amazing. It goes that goes back to my point that once you have a relationship with somebody and you're able to talk to them, then you, there's nothing wrong with asking a question. Would you be open to sitting down with me for a presentation? It's a yes or no question. 
and it's, it's there's no there's no if a guy says yes, wonderful. If he says no, there's no hard feelings. I love it. You talk for a minute about the importance of thanking people. There's a book I was reading um, that quoted a study that said that there's two reasons why people stop giving. Right? We know why people give. People give because they identify with your cause and because they like you and, you're, and what you stand for. And, and the more they like you and the more they identify with you, the more they're going to give as much as they're able to. But why do people stop giving? So there's two reasons why they say that people stop giving. Well, the first reason is because they weren't thanked enough. The second reason is because they don't know where the money went. These are the two main reasons why people stop giving. So to me, I'm looking at this study, I'm thinking, what a waste. There's, there's so many people who are not giving because they weren't thanked enough. According to this book, you have to thank somebody seven times in order to be enough. Now, I'm not saying that's, that's Therese Moshe, but, but more, it definitely should be more than one time. It definitely be, should be in more than one way. A phone call, an email, a letter, at least. Um, after that, you can use your imagination. And the same thing goes in your thank you letter, in your thank you correspondence, you, you, you need to mention what you use the money for and how it filled a need that wasn't being done before or how it filled a need that you weren't able to cover before. So in this way, people will think mm-hmm. that your money to give is a very sound investment and they understand where it's going and they understand why they need it and they feel part of the process. <laughs> Dovi, there's so much to talk about fundraising. If anyone out there wants to talk about fundraising, my number is 717 717- Seven two three eight seven eight three. More than happy to talk to everybody about fundraising. The, the only thing I would tell you, I would leave you, is don't be afraid to pick up the phone. And don't be afraid to call somebody. Even if you have, you think you've nothing in common, you've nothing to say. You think of something to say. You think of, you know, the, how five minutes of how the conversation is going to go, and, and and go for it. People these days are starved for attention. With all the Facebook and all the emails and everything we have on social and the media and everything else, we're, we're not connecting personally with one another, and we're starved for attention. And, and when, when someone calls you, I had a guy, I called up a person and they said, hi, it's Rabbi Green, I'm just calling to make sure you, that you know that the JLI class is still on tonight and we're looking forward to you being there and blah, blah, blah. And she said, I've never had a rabbi call me before. She was so, she was so thrilled. She told everybody else and I had, like, she brought three of her friends to the class. Don't underestimate the power of a phone call. Pick up a phone, call somebody, and Mirza Shem will see a lot of brachas. Amen. Thank you, Rabbi Elder Green, for sharing with Shluchim about your ideas on the topic of fundraising. We really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Anytime. This is Dovi Shapiro, and if any Shluchim have any ideas for future podcasts, or you know any Shluchim that would like to join the Shluchim podcast, they can simply email me the word subscribe to rabbi at jewishflagstaff.com. Make it a great week.